Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kebs here. Casey's out today. Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey and well, Mike Pence, boy, he is getting really good at making more and more people hate him by the day. And, well, Brad, that's just brings a little song right into my heart because that, that is little respect for the man who used to sit in your chair <laughs> our, our ratings, on this show. <laughs> our ratings are much better than his were, Brad. <laughs> don't, don't disrespect this show like that. And look, this is a. It is inter- it has been very interesting to me because in real time, over the past several months, people have begun to see what I have been telling them Mike Pence was for the better part of a decade. And that is a guy who is totally interested in himself, in his own ability to rise up the political ladder. And while a guy that was great at giving speeches and telling you how the world ought to be, I found him void of any sort of intellectual curiosity necessary in order to enact good public policy, which is why you cannot tell me one signature thing that Mike Pence did, either as a congressman or as a governor, that you would look at and go, wow, that was really great. Towards the end of his congressional service, he was fairly good. And obviously, he was trying to raise his own stature as well. But he was good about rallying conservative troops saying, all right, we there's a different path to success here. And I think that kind of launched him into becoming Indiana governor. And he came in on the heels of um, Mitch Daniels. And the world was his. All he had to do was govern like Mick. Mitch Daniels, and there would have been a statue of him somewhere on the state house grounds now. But instead, all he wanted to do was talk about social issues and or talk about nothing at all. Well, and well, and, and you know, the, vice president, and you know this, and this is the problem. Like Mitch Daniels was a business guy, and there's a lot of things Mitch Daniels did. We've talked about him on the show. I don't agree with. I don't agree with giving a billionaire a free stadium. I don't agree on lying to people about tax caps that weren't actually capped. I don't agree with raising taxes elsewhere to offset the tax caps. You know, all all these things. And but Mitch Daniels was a business guy. He came from a business background. He had been successful in the business world. Mitch Daniels understood that. Getting big things done is hard, and as the boss, you've got to lean into the intricate details of it because the intricate details are what decides long-term whether the thing lives or lives or dies and benefits society. Mike Pence liked the idea of being governor. Mike Pence liked that when he walked down to McCormick and Schmicks down the road from us, that there'd be four burly-looking guys with earpieces walking behind him. Mike Pence liked the idea that when he walked into a room, people would line up to shake, to shake his hand. He liked the speeches. And as such, he surrounded himself with people who were as equally intellectually uncurious and incapable of solving the problems. And he surrounded himself with people whose primary goal was to protect him and to get him on to the next thing. I know. I saw it. I worked under him in the professional licensing agency. I saw this firsthand, and it is why I had to get the hell out of there, because it was you are incapable of solving issues when the number one priority is protecting the guy at the top, even if it means you've got to, you know, what is it? you got to crack a few eggs to, to make an omelet. 
Sometimes you've got to acknowledge things under you aren't working and we need to fix them if we're actually here to serve the people. But that was not allowed to happen because anything that might make him look bad was totally off limits. So did you when you were there working for the state, were there any directives that you could point to and say, oh, that directly came from Mike Pence or his staff? Or were you low enough that that didn't filter down to that level? What I found was that they were not interested in anything that would possibly make him look bad. If there's some way you could make him look good, great. But if it was some inefficiency in the government that would be exposed as, wow, we really should have cleaned that up and we're not, then that is off limits. But there was always an acknowledgement that you were there to make him look good. It was made very, very, very clear by the people in charge that anything that might make look him look bad, it was it was very hard to get traction on moving forward with the thing that would fix the issue. And I used to say all the time, I didn't know we were here to serve Mike Pence. I was hired for this job because I was told we were supposed to serve Hoosiers. That was not the case. And so the point on all of this is Mike Pence made a choice in 2016 because he knew his political career was going down the drain because of the terrible job he had done running the state that he was about to be beaten by John Gregg. And he made a choice that everyone at the time knew he loathed and certainly, and more importantly in that house, his wife loathed, which was to align himself with Donald Trump. But when you are Mike Pence and the Pence family, because Gregg is the same way, the 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 grift the continuation of the grift is the most important thing and in the case of mike pence the grift was the politics the power and the prestige that came with it and so he made a choice to get into a bed get into bed with a guy that he personally and probably politically despised well eventually that thing is going to run its course and eventually the arrows are going to turn on you because that's just how trump works and in terms of trump asking pence or wanting pence to do things that pence did not want to do the problem is with mike pence because you were an errand boy for four years there's four years of tape of you saying how great donald trump is what a visionary oh it's the trump pence agenda we're reforming america what an awesome guy well you can't say that for four years up to the day where it no longer works for you and then go, what a scumbag, what a dirtball, <laughs> surrounded by crackpot attorneys, and expect anyone to take you serious. <laughs> well, he did get to be the initial COVID czar. <laughs> and how'd that work? <laughs> if you were to sum up Mike Pence's entire career in one action, it was Mike Pence overseeing the federal government's response to COVID. A gajillion dollars of unfunded money that didn't do anything to fix a problem that didn't exist the way they said it existed, putting a total power-hungry buffoon in charge and destroying society. Yes, Brad, you get the gold star for today. If you were to sum up Mike Pence's <laughs> entire legislative career in one action, he was the COVID czar. I, I love it how Pence was, was doing the uh, the daily briefings and suddenly when those started going live, next thing you know, Trump's coming in and shouldered him out of the way to try, <laughs> because Pence is getting much more airtime than Trump was for a very brief moment in time. So Pence has recognized it is it is it is done. The the deal is that his political career is over, and I think even he has recognized this. And what I have dubbed the uh, <laughs> the gravy train express, who has clung onto that guy for thirty years and had jobs and power and prestige based on being a Pence you know ankle biter basically, 
And he is now on to the next grift because that's what the grifter does. And the the next grift is figuring out where the landing spot is going to be because he will avoid working a real job like the plague. And so he has found, just like Chris Christie, there is some attention, there is some adulation, there is some television time in now turning on the guy who for four years you said was the incredible visionary who had saved America and was one of the greatest presidents in American history. And so he was on CBS Face the Nation on Sunday and said he's not ruled out turning state's evidence against Trump. Mr. Vice President, if this case comes to trial, would you be a witness against the president? People can be confident. We'll uh, we'll obey the law. We'll respond to the call uh, of the law if it comes. And and we'll just tell the truth. Look, I've been telling this story over the last two years, but I I must tell you over the last week, it, it seems that more and more Americans have been coming up to me and just expressing a word of appreciation for what, by God's grace, that we did that day. Well, I'm very excited if Mike Pence went up and, air quote, told the truth, Brad, because if I'm the attorney for Donald Trump, the first thing I'm going to enter into evidence is this audio from January 4th, 2021. You know, I'm here because I stand with President Donald Trump. And I'm here because we stand with Senator David Perdue and Senator Kelly Leffler. You know, I know we all we all got our doubts about the last election. Oh. And I want to assure you, mm-hmm. I share the concerns of millions of Americans oh. about voting irregularity. Yeah. And I promise you, come this Wednesday, we'll have our day in Congress. Oh. We'll hear the objections. Mm-hmm. We'll hear the evidence. But tomorrow is Georgia's day. And it shows, and I know we just we keep playing that clip on this show, and we're going to keep playing the clip on this show because it shows what a sociopath, pathological liar that guy is because he knows what he said. He knows what he said for four years, and now he is changing his tune, not because of some constitutional duty or anything else, but that's where the new grift is, and that's what the Pence family is. They're professional grifters. It is hard when you dance with the devil to stop dancing. Yeah, you don't get to now say, oh, boy, this guy was totally out of control and this and that. If you'd have said that from the beginning, then okay. There's a lot of people I don't agree with who have not liked Donald Trump from day one, and they get to say things like that because they've been consistent. This guy doesn't get to do it. Now, something that did happen is Trump went to Truth Social Media, and, well, he had some comments on Mike Pence. And as you know, on on the show, Brad, when uh, we read Trump truths or tweets or whatever we call them, uh, we read them in the voice that I picture Trump saying them in his head as his fingers are pecking out, his thumbs are pecking out the post in question. And uh, we play Whitney Houston's I Will Always Love You in the background as a tribute to Trump once telling me I was a great dream and terrific. Does Whitney Houston's estate get a, get a, <laughs> That's uh, not how this, get a, get a dime uh, every time you it, play this? It's called CSAC, Brad. It's called CSAC. <laughs> All right, Kev, please. Wow, it's finally happened. Little Mike Pence, a man who was about to be ousted as governor of Indiana until I came along and made him VP, has gone to the dark side. I never told a newly emboldened, in parentheses, not based on his 2% poll numbers, Pence to put me above the Constitution, or that Mike was, quote, too honest. 
He's delusional. And now he wants to show he's a tough guy. I once read a major magazine article on Mike. It said he was not a very good person. I was surprised. But the article was right. Sad. <laughs> Mike Pence is Jim Carrey in Liar Liar. He's reaping what he sows. He's getting what he deserves. And I just can't wait each day to come on and do this show to talk about what the next thing is. Brad Klopfenstein in for Casey. I'm Rob Kendall. Kevin's here. When we come back, I have to ask you, Brad, if I'm being a bad American. Maybe. Because I'm taking joy in something bad that happened to a USA sports team over the weekend. It's the Kendall and Casey show on 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. The U.S. Women's World Cup team, Dunzo. 93 WIBC, it is the Kendall and Casey Show. I'm Rob Kevs here, Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. Brad, are you a man who watches women's soccer? I am not, especially this year when it was on in the middle of the night or early in the morning. Okay, so yeah, let, let's let's pose that for, for a question first of all. So the, this, the game in question that we're about to talk about, it was on at 5 a.m. on a Sunday morning. And the game before that, I believe, was at 3 a.m. on a weeknight. And I get that the World Cup is all over the world, and so you can't do things around just the United States. But it does make it a little hard to participate in something that where if you have, such as myself, you have a, a newborn child, you your schedule kind of works around that. It is, it is a little hard when things are in the middle of the night or very early in the morning to participate in said thing. My guess is your child was up and needing attention at 5 a.m. <laughs> on a Sunday morning. Come on, Rob. I was just disinterested in watching. So <laughs> the the Women's World Cup team for years and years and years has been the premier soccer team in the World Cup. I think the worst they've ever finished in the past, whatever, however many World Cups was third place. They're the, the dominant team, and they made a very early exit losing against Sweden in a shootout, which for those of you who don't know soccer, when the game is tied, it goes to an overtime. When that game is tied, then they just let people kick at the goal, and whoever makes the most kicks wins the match. Uh, same kind of similar thing happens in hockey. Yes, we're all tired of being here. Let's <laughs> get this over with and go home. And so uh, the U.S. lost the shootout in in uh, to Sweden, so they are done. They will go home. It is the worst finish in a very long time for them in this tournament. And a lot of people, myself included, weren't necessarily shedding a tear because the goat in the game was Megan Rapino. Now she has been a very, very enthusiastic anti-American propagandist, basically, you know, the bad mouthing of the country and the, the kneeling and the whatevers. And it made it very hard, and there were other people who were on her level. Now, they did not choke during the shootout like she did. By the way, she kicked that ball into a concession stand. It wasn't even <laughs> like it wasn't like, whoa, just missed. I mean, I could have got it closer than that. It's like, And uh, people were very turned off because she appeared to smile and laugh after missing said kick. And so 
it made it very hard for many people, myself included, to embrace this team where there are multiple people on a world stage who are bad-mouthing what America is, what we are, what we've stood for. It is one thing to get out and say, look, I vehemently disagree with Joe Biden on blah, 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 or I vehemently disagree with Donald Trump on policy A, B, or C. We do it here every single day. But we still stand up on this program and others and say America is the greatest idea ever conceived by man. It has had some of, if not the greatest people in the history of this this earth leading it. The conception of this country is totally blessed and created by God himself. And America is still a really great place and is the last great hope for a better world. We love our country, even if we disagree with some of the policies. For people like Megan Rapino, there is just flat out hate for our country and she recognized that the attention that that activism got her allowed her to create some sort of brand where she could make money off of it through endorsements etc and she has done that well she absolutely has and so does that make me a terrible person for saying i could not in good faith put my heart into cheering for this team. Now I did with the the most recent, recent men's world cup and they made it to the field of whatever. And then they ultimately lost. But it, it was like, I don't think it makes me a bad person for saying when you are representing our country on a world stage, do the thing that you are there to do because there's many, many people who would kill for that opportunity. And it makes me hard to engage in support for you when I know what you actually think about, me personally right that is no different than going to a concert and of somebody you love who's had several hit songs and then they want to lecture you about politics no just play the songs yeah i am here to to listen to you play songs and i think this is in a similar vein of we're here to watch you play soccer you're very good at playing soccer you know what there is a time and a place for you to have to talk about you know whatever your political leanings are but at the press conference following a game or where you're when you're there to talk about your team talk about your team yeah it's like it, there were i went a long period of time where i stopped going to bruce springsteen concerts because he got on a kick there for a while where there was always some whatever in the middle of the concert and many other people also did that by did that i meant stopped going and he stopped that he does not do that any anymore and that was a choice that I made because that I'm not going to subject myself to being told I'm a I'm a bad person or the people I support are bad people or whatever. You're right, Brad. Everyone's entitled to their political opinion, but especially we're not even talking about a concert. We're talking about you're representing your country on a world stage. A country who has given you all of this stuff. And I saw after the thing she got asked, she being Megan Rapino, like, well, throughout your career, what are the things you're most proud of? And she was talking about the pay scale for women's soccer players. And it was nothing about her country or representing her country. It was the money. She was nothing about the achievements that they've had in the past. And and so, yes, I did chuckle. I did tweet out Rapino, Rapine not going to win the World Cup because you're horrific. And I'm not going to cheer for someone who is horrific. And hopefully, this will be an eye opener for the women's soccer team in this country to get the politics out of it, to get back focused on winning games, get off of the money. 
because it didn't work out well for you this time and it's worked out well all the other times so what was the difference here yeah well this will probably be her last world cup so her relevance will dwindle substantially yeah but it was this. more than just her man i mean she was the ringleader over there but there were other people too and so i i hope maybe maybe it won't change anything real quick i did want to mention something i i did something nice over the weekend brad and i know it may ruin my reputation for people to know that i'm actually a quasi decent human being when this microphone yeah kurt i saw that kurt darling <laughs> i saw that uh i <laughs> did want to promote this so uh there is a, an organization called the brady foundation yeah and it was named for a little boy in brownsburg brady i who, remember who passed away it, it made the news it was very high profile uh, at the age i believe it was 13 he had a childhood cancer and he fought a courageous fight and he was an incredible kid and uh just just by all accounts just just lit up every room he went into and never met a stranger. And so his family started a foundation. It's actually new this year to uh, where all the proceeds go to help kids who are battling terminal illness like Brady had and hope to be able to raise money to give them a better environment and give them a better chance at, at defeating whatever they're going against. And we had a, a huge event, kind of the first big fundraiser for them. It was in the parking lot at Connection Point, which is the mega church out there in Brownsburg. On uh, on Saturday, I was asked to MC the event. They raised over $8,000 in one day, which was just great. There were so many people there. And so just want to tell everybody that if you are interested in a good cause to help support, it's the Brady Foundation.org. The Brady Foundation.org is the website. And you can go and learn more about it. Fabulous organization. Nice job, Rob. Yeah, thank you. Don't I did start it. I did don't tell no if you're out there in listener land, do not tell anyone I did something something nice or charitable. I don't want that getting out. Hey, let's do the voicemails. When we come back, it's Kendall and Casey show at 93 WIBC. It's time to hear from you. Kendall and Casey present Voicemails. Brought to you by QC Kinetics for non-surgical regenerative medicine treatments at 317-559-PAIN. I'm so sorry you have just reached my... 317-684-8444. That's phone number 317-684-8444. If you'd like to be a part of the program... Okay, so last week we uh, were able to announce on this radio show, as were others, that, uh, well, Taylor Swift is coming to Indianapolis. Hooray! And, uh, boy, Brad, you ever been to a Taylor Swift concert? Not yet, Rob. Well, just consider yourself one of the lucky ones. Uh, (laughs) And we got into a, a long conversation about if you were a man... That the Taylor, a single man, the Taylor Swift concert is the last place you would want to be. Because while from a pure numbers game, we were advising Kev because Brad, you and I both just gasp in horror that Kev was hanging out at a Turkish psychedelic punk rock band concert because you're not going to meet any women there. So we were trying to advise Kev which concerts you might want to go to if you were going to pick up chicks. And on its face, you would say, well, the Taylor Swift concert might be good because, well, there's all these women, but the women that are there are predisposed to hate men because that's what all the Taylor Swift music is about, is about her terrible choices in men, and then she blames everyone but herself, and because of mass hypnosis or psychosis or amnesia or delirium or I don't know what, there's a gajillion girls out there who believe this bullcrap that their choice in men is not their own fault. (laughs) (laughs) Kev, don't lose faith on what Rob's saying. It just takes one. (laughs) 
<laughs> Although I will say a Jack Johnson concert is much fertile ground for a yes. young single yeah, man. I would agree with that. That's what we're saying. Like, if you want to go to the every year when the New Kids on the Block concert comes, you know there's going to be a, a point in the show where Donnie Wahlberg is going to take his shirt off and women are going to remove their underwear and throw it on stage and they're not going to get with Donnie Wahlberg. So you're a nice second, Kev. Those women are there to party. They're there to have a good time. They're hot to trot. Yeah, well, I think uh, Brad's on to something with Jack Johnson, though, because Jack Johnson has a song called Better Together. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, sure. is Taylor Swift writing songs like that? Uh, no. <laughs> the only the only way Taylor Swift would write a Jack Johnson song is if she got in a relationship with Jack Johnson and it didn't end well, and then she'd tell you all about it. Uh, <laughs> so we got, we've got we been getting quite a few phone calls about Taylor Swift, and there are some people who are just very, very loyal Taylor Swift fans. I'm a human being. Taylor's a human being. She makes more than all of you losers of the radio she'll make. Leave Taylor alone. <laughs> Seriously, guys. She's a young woman. She's writing her experiences. It's and she's making a lot of bank. And Rob, you gotta admit, she's well put together. Love you guys. Bye. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Are these time stamped on what time they uh, come Oh, yeah, in? sure, yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, I know what you're getting at. And this guy called multiple times, so I think whatever he'd been doing, he'd been having fun at it. Uh, Taylor Swift is not a young woman anymore. She's now 33 years old. And this is this is the thing, right? It's fine to have the first couple albums like, hey, I'm young and I'm making terrible choices. And John Mayer, boy, he did me dirty. That's terrible. But at 33, I mean, come on. You've been at this for 15 years and it's still the same thing. That's or shtick. We yes. talked about this earlier. Some yes. of these bands, you know, that just keep keep uh, living off their legacy. She's going to live off this legacy for another 40 years. Yes, she's doing very well. Uh, we did get a, a, a phone call, one of many, about uh, about Mike Pence. Hi, Kendall Casey. Love your show and congratulations Kendall, on Olivia. I know she's a precious little doll. But have you seen the latest from Mike Pence? He now has a T-shirt says that he's too honest. It's a real joke. What's he trying to prove? He's not going to make it to the uh, debate stage. Thought you would like to know it. Thanks. Have a good day. Yes, yeah, so Mike Pence has some new merch out that says too honest because supposedly, allegedly, Trump, Trump told him he was too honest. And uh, Mike has still not qualified for the debate stage. We oh, are, I thought uh, he got there. Did he? Did, I did not see an announcement that he had made it. Was there some breaking news that he he oh, made it and I missed it? Apparently not. I must have misunderstood. Let's see I, our Mike Pence debate stage. We definitely want I, to report this I thought this he had accurately. said that he, he had qualified. Uh, well, let's see here. I'm looking at the news. I would figure, uh, no, predicts no. four days ago, six days ago. I haven't seen that yet. Okay, uh, he's not there. Well, yeah, just, uh, that's just a tragic that Mike he, Pence, and you would think. He'd offer a gift, gas card. Yeah, most popular, uh, you know, just beloved. You would think in Indiana alone, well, he, that he would be able to get 40,000 people that would give him one dollar, Brad. Well, that's all it takes. I mean, what a one dollar figure, or and just one dollar, not even like a dollar a day, Rob. <laughs> just one dollar period. Yeah. <laughs> Doug Burgum made it, and Mike Pence is not. I know. I, I, I just, and even, and even at this point, if he does make it, he's already, he's already lost, Brad. That it took him this much effort to get the donors to get on the debate stage. Uh, Gen Con was here over the weekend. Yes. Did you? I was downtown, and last night at dinner, ran across several gamers. Oh. 
So uh, they yes. They, what does that they, mean? You ran across several gamers, like, uh, like just we we wandered through the JW Marriott, uh, and all of the available tables were taken up with people and board games. Uh-huh. And while earlier I'd said that there was interesting fashion at the state fair, equally interesting fashion in a different direction with the Gen Conners. Well, we had on Friday we had talked about how as I was uh, roaming around the greater downtown area in the morning, I observed a person who was clearly on her way to Gen Con based on the lanyard and the backpack and the shirt and the uh, esteemed upstanding individuals she was traveling with in similar garb. She was wearing a mask outdoors, and we were saying it is one thing. First of all, wearing the mask outdoors is ridiculous, but it's one thing to say I must. I still am totally afraid of COVID, and I must go to the grocery store. I must take my dog to the vet. I must go to the doctor's office. Those are things you must do in order to survive or maintain your existence. So I'm not gonna point at you and laugh like Nelson Muntz too hard. However. If you are subjecting yourself to going into a very large enclosed room in which tens of thousands of people are in said room, not because you need to buy groceries or you're in need of medical attention, but so that you can hang out with some of your fellow gamer palskis, I am going to point and laugh at you because you're being wholly ridiculous by wearing that mask because that mask doesn't do anything. Wasn't it just a year ago that Gen Con required you to wear a mask and show proof of vaccination? Yes. And yeah, this year it was down to you saw one holdout. (laughs) Uh, We did get a phone call about that. Hi, Robin Casey. It's your friend from Portland. Um, I was laughing and listening to your show Friday uh, when you were talking about the person walking down the street wearing a mask, going to Gen Con or something of that sort. You should come to Portland. Living here, I see them constantly. They wear masks walking outside. They wear them while they're driving in their car all by themselves. My favorite is seeing people jogging outside and wearing them. The part that kills me is I constantly still see kids having to wear their masks. Honestly, I used to get upset, but now I kind of look at it as them marking themselves and admitting I have no critical thinking skills. Love your show. God bless. It's I, all I can say is it's. I think it's now just a security blanket. Well, you're you're right, and that I think is the most disturbing thing is how people buy into something, and then once they've bought into it, their inability to get out of it. Like there was a time, Brad, where I believe politicians wore white hats and black hats and that Republicans wore the white hats and the Democrats wore the black hats. And it was a battle of good and evil. But I was mature enough and intellectually curious enough to, in young adulthood, begin to piece together, know all of these people, for the most part, are wholly awful. And I can't just because of some sort of weird tribalism or because I'm told by a broadcaster or whatever, just go, yeah. I believe the thing that there's clear evidence in front of me is absolutely 100% not true. And it's the same thing with the mask and the vaccine and those things, they've been proven to be ineffective. Why are you still doing them? Yeah, well, Central Indiana seems to have largely gotten away from it. It's interesting to hear she's from Portland, I assume, Oregon and not Jay County. (laughs) Yes, I think, yes, she is from Portland, (laughs) Oregon, yes. Interesting to hear that they are still on it. 
All right, let's take a break. Hammer is out this week. So when we come back, Brad, you are absolutely dying to talk with me about the mayor of Indianapolis race. Oh, yeah, it's fascinating. Chomping at the bit. Uh, We like Brad in this one because he's a libertarian, so he's a neutral observer, so he can be mean to absolutely everyone. We'll talk about it when we come back. It's Kendall Casey Show, 93 WIBC. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Well, I got a job and I put my money away, but I got the kind of debt. Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Brad, I'm Rob Brad Kloppenstein in for Casey. Kev's here. Okay, so the mayor's race. Uh, I am I am beyond just done with Jefferson Shreve. I have reached the point of thoroughly annoyed with Jefferson Shreve because now he's invading my television viewing with those stupid ads about gun control. And uh, now you're ruining things that I enjoy. Not only you ru- you are now you're ruining your chances to be mayor, now you're ruining things that I enjoy. <laughs> Uh, Rob, you better brace yourself oh. because this is just the tip of the iceberg Uh-oh. as far as Jefferson Shreve being all places, all the time, everywhere. So he's going to be on these airwaves. He's going to be on television. He's going to be not in your mailbox, but lots of other people's mailboxes, lots of billboards, everything. And by the way, you can be Brad because whenever I sit in with you, <laughs> I hear from a number of my friends that they have a hard time telling the difference between you and I when we're talking. Well, the only difference is you're the reasonable likable one and i am that's what they say that that's how they tell the difference uh the the shreve thing is fascinating to me because i don't know he spent what was it like two and a half million dollars during the primary oh yeah and i easily 10 is gonna go into this mayor's race so brad if someone were to sit you me and kev down around a, a circular table and say fellas i'm about to hand you if you say two and a half in the primary and let's say let's just we don't want to be ridiculous here let's just say it's five in the general so we're going to hand you three amigos seven and a half million large think of the fun that we could have with seven and a half million dollars and the damage we could do and the far more effective productive campaign that we could run rather than, than this guy who is just he is just dousing gasoline on his money and lighting it on fire i don't understand the mentality of a rolling out the exact same gun control plan basically as hogset and then he continues to double down and just reinforce it and hammer at home and trying to point out the nuanced differences and then telling tv stations to stop running the hogset ad that's (laughs) tying him to the second amendment he is getting so deep in the weeds on this one issue that he should have never been talking about in the first place if you and i had seven and a half million dollars we'll put kevin in there kevin we'll give you a, a million and a half that you can spend as well (laughs) here's what i would do if this is brad kloppenstein running and it pains me that me or some other libertarian did not step forward this year to get on the ballot just to offer an alternative but you hit these things you say where were you on the nights of the riot you make that everywhere all the time you make someone answer that question why won't he do that because we have told him that directly like directly directly like hey 
where you are as Jefferson Shreve and where I am as me, we have told him on multiple occasions, you must start running ads questioning where Joe Hogsett was on the riots because everybody knows where Joe Hogsett was on the riots. Why won't he do that? Right, exactly. The rumor mill is running rampant, and you're right. Everybody knows the rumors that are out there. So if you were somewhere else, just say, listen, I was in Bora Bora. I, I, whatever. Yeah. Somewhere that you were doing an expedition to the South Pole. I don't care. Come up. Just say, this is where I was, and this is how I was communicating with my staff. The other thing you hit home is the condition of this city. Yeah. Rob, last night, me and my wife, we walked the canal downtown. That is a shining star. Should be a shining star of our city. It is being allowed to fall apart. There is no reason, and doesn't the city understand it is expensive to build something like that. It is not nearly as expensive to maintain it. It is ungodly expensive to have to fix it once you've let it go. And here's what the problem for Shreve now is he. I saw he had some ad out or he was doing something with potholes and somebody sent it to me and I said, I, I just flat out refuse to watch this. I will not subject myself to this guy because I went to bat for the guy when he was running Look, we were Abdul supporters, but we said whoever wins, great. And we had said on this show, there's probably a lot of merit in Shreve winning because he's going to have infinite money, which unlike anybody else. So even though our preferred guy didn't win, hey, we're all on board with whoever wins because we got to get rid of Hogshead. And then when the thing came out, I said, let's give the guy the benefit of the doubt. Let's let him explain it. Let's let, you know, maybe he's just checking a box. Wink, wink, nod, nod. And it's not as bad as we think. We had him on the show. I am so disappointed in the guy because... He's made it the focal point of the campaign. It's not a box checking thing. It's not something to avoid an ad from Joe Hogsett. He wants you to know if you are a law abiding citizen and you vote for Jefferson Shreve, he is going to spend a whole bunch of time trying to take your guns away from you. That is his goal. And so now nobody wants to hear what he has to say on potholes or anything else because you are a nuisance, you're an annoyance, and people, not only do they not like you, they hate you at this point. Oh, yeah. Yeah, exactly. Run ads on city-sponsored blight, whatever, but I think Jefferson Shreve, he's definitely lost his base, so in an attempt to bring a few moderates over, he lost the 15%. Heck, he he might get less than 29%. Oh, I think he's going to do worse than Merritt did at this point because Merritt wasn't hated. No, no, Merritt was very much liked. It's Kendall and Casey Show, 93 WIBC. I'm Rob Brad Kloppenstein. In for Casey. More on the way next.